Welcome to the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. We talk about it all. The good, the bad, the real, the wrong. From relationships to redemption, from business to finance, race, religion, politics, injustice, and more. If you've said screw it to it, we're probably talking about it. Which will you choose? Join our host now, Carlos Jones and Jordan Jones for the Screw It Podcast. Let's do it. Well, hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are right now. I'm Pastor Jordan, and welcome to the Screw It Podcast. Screw It. What is the Screw It Podcast, you ask? I'm glad you asked that question. The Screw It Podcast is pretty much about us speaking about life-altering moments, and it's at a situation where we could either say screw it, which points towards faith, or we could say screw it, which points towards fear. Here on this podcast, we talk about relationships to religion, to politics, to social injustices. We're all just one decision away from a leap of faith or failure. How we are living in our screw it moments or how we're staying stuck or steady. In this segment, we'll be talking to Miss Kiba. And right now, I'm passing over to our host, Pastor Carlos. Good morning, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Good night, if you're listening to this at night. I am Carlos Jones, the pastor of Inspiration Church and the host of the Screw It, Screw It, Screw It podcast. And we have... Kiva Ori, the H is silent. You have to cut that off. So it's H-O-R-R-Y. But it's Kiva Ori, and she is the former wife of Robert Ori. And so we've been talking about their story, about their daughter, about uh, their life. And this is the part two of that episode. And so part one was so great. And when you do something great the first time, you always got to follow it up with another time. So they say that your your sophomore album is not as good as the first. We're going to see if that works. We're going to see if... Uh, part two is better than uh, the first part. So if you have not listened to the first part, go and check out uh, the School of Podcasts part one uh, with Kiba Ori just to get an introduction to this topic so that you're not clueless about what we're about to jump into at this moment. All right. Are y'all ready to jump in, Kiba? How are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing great. You just Good. got back from a trip or something, right? I did. I went to visit my family. You know, this pandemic has all of us going stir crazy. So I had to get away, get a change of scenery and fill up on on the love of my family and friends back home. So I'm back. I'm refreshed. I'm good to go and ready for part two. Part two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good deal. We want to kind of pick up where we left off uh, last Oh, we can. We want to talk about maybe some of the the high moments uh, or experiences that you have had uh, throughout your life. You know, some of those things. And so, is there anything that stands out to you specifically that was a high moment in the midst of all of the things that were happening? My high moment, my consistent high moment, Pastor Carlos, was my faith. Mm. My faith. Um, I I was so young when I had my daughter, twenty three. And, um, you know, of course, I thought I was grown and knew it all. Uh, (laughs) But looking back over those years and seeing how um, when life throws you curveballs and you resort to what your default is. And I'm so grateful to my parents um, and my grandparents for 
planting that seed of Jesus in me. And I know that sounds cliche and it sounds like the right thing to say, but it really is the truth. And I had to pull from that and it, it grew me and it kept me. So yeah, that was the highlight of, of my life period, even up until now. And that's, and that's amazing uh, that you would say your faith because faith is so strong for us in those screwed moments. Uh, what right. would you say was um, a high point moment or a miracle moment uh, in Ashton's life uh, that really stuck with you? Oh, she's had so many, <laughs> but a comical one though. And I, I document that in, in my memoir is uh, when we were going to, um, I think we were going to Los Angeles at the time and we were in the airport and you know with all the 9-11 changes the security checks and the tsa checks and all that it was so cumbersome i finally got through that but the deal was i was running late for my flight i had two kids in tow no help uh she i think was probably seven at the time maybe five six between six and seven i believe and i had cameron in the little pack thing that you wear and mommy's wear on the front of them little kangaroo pouch and all the the carry-ons for him and a carry-on for her and she's in her walker and her walker made this little clanking sound and as long as I heard that I was good you know and all of a sudden it just kind of faded right I didn't hear the clanking anymore and people are telling me ma'am ma'am and I turned around and my daughter had walked, literally walked out of her walker, left the walker, and she's just laughing and walking and smiling and looking at the people. <laughs> and I'm late for this flight. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, oh, Jesus, okay, all right. We believe in miracles, but Lord, you funny, <laughs> you know? This, uh, okay, how are we gonna maneuver? And I, here I am loaded down, baby in the kangaroo pouch. I got two carry-on things and, and she wants to get loose. And I, I'm like, okay, Ashlyn, come on. We got it. So I walk back to get the walker. I have the baby, the two carry-ons, the walker. Now she's trying to get away from me because uh, she's discovered that she's, she's free, you know? So. I I'm, I mean, people are walking by looking at me. I'm sweating, okay? There's nothing cute about this look. Nothing glamorous, let me say. <laughs> I finally get to the gate, and the lady's just like, ma'am, we're about to close the doors. I was like, ma'am, you better let me on this flight, please. <laughs> you do not understand. I have got to get on this flight. And she did, by the grace of God. And I, yeah, that moment will stick with me forever. Wow. Because um, that was a miracle moment. And it just reminds me of how, you know, how we can expect for things to happen, how we we envision for things to happen. And God can just sneak in there and put stuff right in front of your face. And it's just not going to look like what you think it's supposed to look like, you know? And however grateful I was, it was in a moment of, okay, uh, even if I had missed the flight, I would have been okay, you yeah. know? Um, but just to see that moment, I, I I did cry. Cried because I was late <laughs> and <laughs> cried because I knew that that was a miracle moment, you know? And, wow. and a beautiful moment. 
So God answers prayers in unexpected moments, right? Because if right. we would have planned that, we would have planned her walking at home. Uh-huh. Uh, not controlled uh, situation. Right. Yeah, right. absolutely. And God reminds us that he's in control of it all. Absolutely. And that, uh, hey, I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. Whenever, so. yeah. Yeah. So if you're praying for it, you better be ready for it. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> because it'll come when you probably don't expect it and you probably don't want it to happen in those moments. But yes. I think how God works, he interrupts our norm and he busts through and he shows I'm God. Like you're yep. in the airport and the walker is is the sustainability, but he's like, you don't need the walker because I, I will be your God. I, I will I will I will carry you. I will move Absolutely. you and I'll let you get on your flight at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Uh, that <laughs> right. is awesome. you ever had any miracle moments like that that have yes. happened in your life? I, I have actually had a couple of miracle moments. Actually, um I want to talk about the miracle moment that you could actually see which is met. When I was younger, I was riding a uh, scooter and uh, just just playing around as, as a young person. And the scooter popped and the bar popped me in my neck. And I remember standing up and the bar was sticking straight out of my neck. Well, uh, when we got to the hospital, number one, the doctors tried to uh, get my mom for negligence of child, which wasn't true. She was at work. We were just being young. And then um, uh, the doctor said if it was one centimeter, and I know when you go to the doctor's office, they always <laughs> make it sound so bad. It's always just one centimeter, but this was literally one centimeter away from my jugular vein. Wow. And uh, had it had it had it on that one centimeter, I wouldn't be here this podcast today. Wow. And so uh, that was my miracle moment to be able to, uh, and that's then that has been the only time in my life I've ever been to the hospital. Wow. And so uh, I do thank God for that moment. Wow, that's good. Yeah, I, I had one when I was in college. Uh, I was uh, driving. It's my freshman year. Just got my car. Uh, I'm from Texas. I was in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm following a guy uh, who's in a Bronco, who's from Nashville. He's got a big Bronco. There's ice on the road. He's going about 100, right? It's in January. Uh, roads are slick. So I'm like, okay, well, if he can do it, screw it. I can, I can do it. So with me, it's a couple other guys from Texas in the car. We've got the school music jamming loud. We're following him. We're flying down. It's probably like 1.30 a.m. in the morning because, you know, you get started late. Well, maybe 12. I think the club's closed at 2. And we're driving, and all of a sudden, I guess we hit some black ice, and the car starts to spin out of control. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in those moments where the world slows down. You're moving fast, but your perception of everything is like, this is really happening. Yeah, sir. Matrix, yeah. <laughs> And so we're spinning, and I said, yep, there's the mountain. We're about to hit the mountain. Oh, and I'm like, yep, car is, is spinning in circles. Everybody's face is in the car, and they're like this. Wow. Because that's how everything is moving. Yeah. If, you're, if you're on the video, you can see it moving slowly. And so people are bracing to hit this mountain like you would on the football. And right before we hit the mountain, the car stops. Wow. And I'm looking at this mountain like, no. <laughs> no, no way in heaven did this just happen. And the car cut off, and I'm looking at them, and we immediately prayed. On the way to the to the club, we was like, God, we thank you. <laughs> we, yeah, we are right? Because, I mean, the way we were going about 100, so we were spinning like it was crazy. But to, to for God to put his hand right between my car and the mountain, with these oh, other that was that big angel Gabriel. <laughs> oh man, I mean, it was it was. However, he used it. Right. He did it. 
and, and, and from that moment, I know that God is always working. And I don't lose faith because I know God has done some miraculous things in my life to show me that, hey, even when you're outlining, you're wrong. I'm still going to, to prop you up on every lady's side to make sure that you can fulfill your purpose. So I, too, probably wouldn't have been here if if that moment wouldn't have happened. So, wow. Wow. That is that that's is just awesome. one. Oh, that's good. Now, you had another question, Pastor Joe, before we started talking that you wanted to talk about. So I did. I wanted to uh, speak with you about. Uh, so we, we talked about your high moment and we talked about those miracle moments and all those are great. But we know that in life, uh, it's like a balance. You got your good with your bad. So I want to speak to you about a hopeless moment, a moment in your life when you felt as though there were no, there was no more hope. And then I want to talk to you. I want you to uh, talk to me concerning someone who's dealing with the, a situation and as if they seem that there is no hope. What, where should they turn? What should they do? Wow. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure I've had many hopeless moments, I think, um, but not on the level that I had about five, six years ago. And that was when I considered ending my own life. Um, and I'm always that person, you know, my friends call or my family members call looking for that silver lining in the dark clouds, if you will. Um, <clears throat> I've heard about depression. Um, I've, you know, known people with it, but I had never, to my knowledge, dealt with it or had it or not, not to that level anyway. Um, but I did find myself in a very, very, very dark and, um, low place. And I started hearing voices, um, not, none of which were my own, um, to take my life. Now, that to me and my head did not equate to pulling the trigger of a gun. Um, too cute for that. We're not going out like that. Pills? Yeah. 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 And let me just put this out there. I'm not trying to give anybody ideas or this is in no way confirming if you are in that space, not confirming that this is what you should do. But that is what I considered doing. And again, these were not my thoughts. They were, they were not my voices um, or it was not my voice. And I never would have considered. And I mean, I was quoting scripture. I was, I mean, I'm, I've been saved for so long, baptized in the Holy Spirit with, with evidence of speaking in tongues, all of that. And I still had this dark moment. And <clears throat> thank God. Um, it ended and I came out and I'm on the other side and I'm fine. And what I realized in that moment or during that time was that I just, I kind of felt like a, a, a Job situation. Like when Satan asked God for permission to, to handle Job and to deal with him and shake him up a little bit. And God gave that permission because he knew what Job was going to do. He knew how he was going to handle that. So I like to think that that was that kind of situation with me that God was like, yeah, you, okay. I, I give you a little bit of time to do that, but I know where she's going to turn to. And I know she's going to go stronger, come harder than she ever has before. And I did. And wow. I'm so grateful for yeah. that. 
Wow, that's a blessing coming out. So that's actually how, and I think I may have talked about this or shared this on the first call, was that that is how I tried to commit suicide when I was uh, in the sixth grade. I took the pills. Mm. On your case, you thought about the pills. I actually did it. Uh, but I think when God's plan is, is bigger than your pain, then that's he will bring you through that. And so that's a word right there. Somebody got to write that. That's a word. <laughs> God's plan is bigger than your pain. That's and, true. Uh, you know, Allow me to. Uh, I said screw it. Down, wait a minute. Hold yeah, on. yeah, you put that down. I said screw it, uh, and I did it. But even after I did it, God still was uh, able to pull me through and to to show me to the other side. And and interesting enough, Keeper, the same reason that you wanted to to kill yourself was the same reason. I was I was a young person. People always came to me uh, for, for questioning, and they always wanted a listening, and I didn't have anywhere to put that information like it was just like I was a cesspool it was like the, the dumping right. ground I didn't release right. that stuff. and right. when that stuff comes in it's got to go somewhere right. and normally when we don't communicate right. that it ends in result in us trying to take our right. life so if there's anybody out there God is is channeling people to you uh, you are answering questions people are always open there sad stories you're always the listening ear you're the friend and you're saying I don't have anybody to talk to well who do I go to? who do I turn to uh, one, uh, you can turn to God in prayer. Two, if you need somebody, reach out to us, and we definitely want to help you be able to use it. It's a gift that God is using. It's a gift that God can still be with, and without the, the the right help, you can wind up ending your life. God is trying to use your life to be a blessing to somebody else. And so as we do, I want you to definitely be a part of, of the solution and not be the problem. So you're not the dumping ground. You're just the kind of do for people to be able to pass information through as you give it to God and leave it there. Yeah, I think that that's huge. I was actually speaking to a life coach, Miss Monique, about that the other day, and we were speaking about uh, who feeds the chef. And so um, that Miss Keeper was very important. As you said, that you were the one who a lot of people would go to for that silver lining. And uh, I think that those are the people who you need to check on the most uh, because those people who are always smiling, those people who are always, you know, enthusiastic. You, you want to check on them because they feel as though that's something that they have to do. And they'll hide their, their emotions or the feelings of what they're going through. And so um, um, I know that uh, we, we're speaking about hopelessness. We talk about uh, the word of God. The Bible says that hope does not disappoint. So being able to hold on to that hope, but then also being able to uh, talk to others about it. Um, and, and have that that group of people, that core group of people we can trust. Uh, we can test on that. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And so, even even like in the midst of of those great lows, uh, before that we have some great highs, right? So it's kind of like this this imbalance. We have these highs, these peaks, and these valleys. And the goal is to really be on Straight Street, right? We want to meet Paul on Straight Street, but uh, that's our. <laughs> That's our goal. Yeah, our goal. we we want a right. smooth thing. But right. somebody said that a, a marble travels faster, not in a straight line, but when it goes through the ups and downs because it has the acceleration and and that and that's our lives, right? We we go through these highs and lows, and so I, I want to kind of talk to you about that point where you had to become uh, the spokesperson uh, for P one ninety three. No, no, sir. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me help you. <laughs> one P three, one P three six deletion syndrome. <laughs> Bam, that's the one right. I'm talking about. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's why you're the spokesperson because you know what those numbers. They need to give it a name. I mean, COVID <laughs> has a name. It's I know, I know. I was shocked that it came out that way, but 
Since you're the spokesperson, give it a name. It. Well, I can't officially do that, but but um, you know what? Um, I don't know what I would name it. So you got to put a name to your pain. So when you see it, you can call well, it. let me let me think on that one though. Let me think on that one. Um, but what what I will say though about um, that condition is just like any other uh, syndrome or disease, uh, chromosome chromosome related disease. It it has its um, there are different variations. You know, some kiddos might be on the very low end of the spectrum. Some might be on the very high. Some might be on the in the middle. Yeah, so life has these peaks and valleys, and they have these highs and lows. And I know we want to have a life that's a straight street. We want to meet Paul on straight street and have that experience. But but God doesn't allow our lives to be like sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. And I remember a science project that I had to do in uh, elementary, and it shows that uh, I know we said that the distance between um, the the beginning and the finish line is faster in a straight line. However, they said that a, a a marble, if it starts at the peak and it goes down, it actually travels faster because of the acceleration of being able to move forward. And so uh, that's how life is, right? So we have these these extremely dark places, but then we have these glimpses of light where God. Uh, he puts us on call, like he he makes us do things that that pulls us out of ourselves and makes us move into places that we wouldn't normally move without those particular things. And do you have a moment that's like that uh, where God called you to do something and you were like, oh, I wasn't ready. Uh, I don't know what to do. My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> My whole life, starting at twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I often tell people. Um, you don't expect the things that life throws at you. Most of the time, we you know we can control our destiny if you know that you have that authority. Um, and living outside of Christ or not knowing Him, you don't know that you have that authority. You just kind of let life happen uh, instead of living life on purpose. Well. Having the understanding that I can live my life on purpose and intentionally, there are still curveballs that life will throw at you or or deal you cards that you didn't anticipate getting. And one of those was my daughter and and her um, her condition. And what do you do with that? There's no manual. There's no. There was nothing. There was no situation where I could look up information and, and try to find some sort of guideline or something to let me know what to expect in this situation. I just had to figure it out. And that was a day by day process. And, and those days led into 17 years. Um, I finally got a letter from uh, the college of <clears throat> um, uh, the genetics uh, division at the college of uh, medicine. Um, I can't even think of his name now, but anyway, uh, basically it was addressing Robert and myself saying that this is, um, her official diagnosis and it lists all of these possible symptoms related to 1P36 deletion syndrome. And I'm thinking, 
are, are they kidding me? Uh, they could have called me and asked me. I had already done this research for 17 <laughs> years or 14 years up until that point. But, you know, it, it was an amazing journey. Uh, I find that a lot of times, and I, I can only speak for myself. I don't know how this is for others. If we know what's to, what is to be expected or if we know what's ahead, we kind of get bored with that. You know what yeah. I mean? But if it's a journey where you've got to figure it out for yourself, that stuff sticks with you and it builds your faith, you know. And so, you know, the Bible talks about going, God taking you from glory to glory to glory. And I think in between those glories are those valley moments. You know? The story is in that between. Marble, yeah. So when you get to that glory moment or the peak of that mountain, that marble goes down, that velocity or the, the momentum carries you down. But then once you get those lessons and you learn what you need to learn, you back on the way back up for the next yeah. one, you know? So I kind of look at it like a video game. Does that make sense? And I, I don't play video games, but I watch my son do it a lot. <laughs> I just kind of put it in that context and it, it just kind of makes sense for me. I don't know. No, that's good. That's good. So tell us about the moment where you have to step up and use your voice, your platform uh, to be the spokesperson to rally the troops and connect communities uh, for. And I don't like this one P three six because it's too many letters. My tongue has to do too much. Can you put a name? <laughs> Can you give a name to this? Because that's. Yes. Well, for for this particular moment, we'll just call it the Ashland Syndrome. Is that yeah, okay? Ashland Syndrome. I, I like that. I like that. I've already yeah. added context, so it's okay. We'll 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 go with that for right now. Um, you know, yeah, I was put in situation or a situation a couple of times uh, where I and I still use my platform, no matter where I am or what situation I I've been in. But there have been times I have been uh, extended an opportunity to uh, be a part of different reality TV shows. Um, two of which, I mean, none of which I will name here, but two of them I would never do. Uh, one I considered doing and, and did a lot of prayer about it. And it turns out it didn't even work out. So, um, it was still a situation where I ha I would have to compromise. Like, what's the bigger deal? I can put this out there, educate more people about it, but it's still compromising my personal life, my, you know, um, some instances, my integrity. Um, I, don't, I never want to bring shame or embarrassment to my family, let alone to myself. So I, you know, I kind of had to weigh that. And, um, I didn't have to put much thought into it. I prayed about it and the thing did not materialize. So it, it was, that's fine. <laughs> but again, I use my platform to promote it, to educate, to bring awareness to uh, whoever I can. So that will always be, I'm not necessarily naming myself a spokesperson, but knowing that I have a little bit more leverage and a little bit more, you know, noticeability than some of the other families, then yes, I will go to bat for them at all times. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I think that that's so beautiful in, in hearing your uh, story. Um, Ms. Keith, it, it even seems like in you accepting that that was a screw moment. 
Because when you first found out the news about Ashton, I know in your mind, uh, you could say, God, why me? But we, we begin to understand as we continue to live that everything that we face in our lives is never about us. A lot of times God just uses us as a country or the channel to uh, be that. And so um, and what we see the first moment, we, we can see you saying, God, why me? But then we can see God using you as a spokesperson, using you as a very voice um, in that arena because it needs to be heard. So we, we see that beautiful moment finally messed together, which is those ups and downs that we spoke about. And so I, I think that that, that, that in itself is, a, is amazing to see that come back full circle. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful. You know, I, I did question in the very beginning, as anybody naturally would. Um, and I've talked to many moms off the ledge uh, concerning, you know, what am I going to do? What's wrong with my kid? I've, I've even heard a father say, my kid's broken. Mm. What are we going to do? You know, what What do you do with that? Had a mom contemplating um, abortion um, because the doctor told her that her kid was going to have one P36 and a host of other things. Um, and thank God for those testings. But, you know, there's a reason why you're chosen. And I think given a choice, I wasn't given a choice. I didn't know this before my daughter was born. And for me, that would not have changed anything um, in terms of terminating that pregnancy. But it does allow sometimes for negative thoughts to come in and the enemy to start playing with your mind. Um, And when that happens and we have too much time to think about things, I feel like we don't want these things to interrupt our perfect lives. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And had I thought about it that way or had too much time on the front end of it, I don't think I would have had the the bandwidth to have allowed my faith to grow, really. So God just threw me in the trenches and hello, here I am. <laughs> you know? Shining out. As you were talking, I was thinking about how many times do we abort purpose for perfection? Mm-hmm. We, we want to be perfect. So we won't, we won't choose purpose. We'll choose perfection, which cuts out really, really you being useful to, to life. Uh, we, we will always, as, as humans, choose perfection over purpose and then ask God, what's my purpose? Right. Well, your purpose was in the pain. Your purpose was in the predicament. Your purpose was in uh, the, I was thinking of another word, didn't come to me. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so one, two, three, six. Yeah, one, two, three, six. <laughs> right. uh, we would choose not to go through the route where God is going to use us the most. We'd rather take the coast. But even on the coastline, we'll be looking for purpose. Yes. And I think when we jump into it, and when God says, "Okay, I'm gonna set this up," well, you're not even ready for it. Right. But you're going to you're going to be perfected on yeah. the outside. And I think we will always stand perfected when we come out of purpose or when we're in the midst of purpose. Yeah. yeah. I think that it goes also to, Pastor Carlos, just to comfortability. Um, I hear people always say, um, you know, me and my wife, we didn't really have a, a child. And so people always ask us, you know, what do you all want? And I hear people say, I want a boy or I hear a girl. Then I hear people say, I, I just want a healthy baby. Well, my statement is, is I don't care if God gives me a boy or a girl and, and whether if the child is healthy or not, I still got a mission to fulfill. Yeah. And right. so, you know, they were asking me and my wife, we wanted to take a genetics test. And my wife asked me, I said, why, why are we taking it? If we find out something, it's not going to change it. Right. 
We're still right. going to love our house. We're still going to uh, do what we need to do. And so I think that sometimes it's built into comfortability. You say, well, it's, it's comfortable, you know, right now, or it, it would be comfortable having a child that wouldn't have those problems or those issues. And it's all based on that comfortability, but it's in those uncomfortable moments that we grow and that we stretch. It's in those moments that we say, screw it, um, to the comfortability. And then in, in those moments, we see God's hand. That actually that's, that's what I love about those screw moments. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, man, we need to, instead of, you know how they have that that perfect picture of the family and you got so, the husband, so the wife, and the dog, right. and the right. kids <laughs> in the house, and everybody's smiling. We need to put an X over that. X and over it. There's purpose, like the real family. Absolutely. The real deal. No makeup. Baby on the hip. <laughs> real struggles. Yeah. And that's the people that we connect with. I think we right. like to look at perfection. Right. Uh, but we don't necessarily want to live that because it's, it's you have to clean up after yourself after every room you leave out of. You got to put everything back neatly. Everything. Some days I don't want to iron. I hate ironing. So you know, sometimes you got to see the the full totality of the picture to understand purpose and how we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Miss uh, Miss Kiva, um, in your book, uh, Glamorous Sacrifice. You go through and you talk about these moments in your life, life where you had to sacrifice. And uh, one thing that I like is that you use the word glamorous. And so in our last um, podcast, we spoke about uh, how you got that, you know, how that name uh, inspired. Uh, will there be a second book? Actually, yes. I'm actually working on that right now. Um, but the second book doesn't really have anything to do with my daughter or the condition more or less the lessons that I've learned from raising her and also the lessons that I've learned from my divorce and life after marriage and life after a broken family. Um, so honestly, it's more targeted to uh, young women, high school, probably senior high to college age girls um, or young ladies where, um, in my instance, you know, I, I believe and I share these things when I mentor young women, um, that life has a rhythm. God has given life a rhythm and everything falls into place. Well, when you get out of that rhythm, i.e. having a child out of wedlock or whatever the case may be, um, you just kind of look at like, okay, my life has changed. I, I, before I knew it, I was married and, and didn't have a chance for Kiva to develop. Yeah. And here I am at 49 years old and the whole world is like, it's, it's like, wow. Okay. I, yeah. But here's the thing of it is, is that there was a time for me to discover, not that I can't now it's right. just, Taking a little bit longer to get back into the rhythm. Does that make yeah. sense? So um, we're going yeah. uh, to take a break here, and when we come back, we'll learn about the new Kiva, the one who found <laughs> herself at the age of <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Thanks for joining the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. Keep up with the podcast. Follow the Screw It Podcast hashtag. Get the book. Available now on Amazon. And join us for another episode real soon.
Thanks for joining the Screw It Podcast with the Joneses, Carlos and Jordan Jones. If you've ever come face to face with faith or failure, this podcast is for you. Keep up with the podcast. Follow the Screw It Podcast hashtag. Get the book. Available now on Amazon. And join us for another episode real soon.